Hello, and welcome to the Gone But Not Forgotten podcast. I'm Audrey Cornell. And I'm Louise Coleman. And today we are going to be talking about the magnificent Rita Hayworth. I guess we could just start off by talking about what we knew about her before working on this podcast research and maybe how our thoughts have changed on her now that we've watched some of her films. Please. I've always actually had like little to no knowledge of Rita Hayworth. I only knew her of like how she looked and that she was like an old Hollywood bombshell. Like she was gorgeous. I'd never seen any of her films before. Mine was like only angels have wings. So I watched Be Kind Rewind and I think they did a video on her. And that's where I learned that her name isn't Rita. It's Margarita Cantino. And it's <laughs> and it with the hair, the things you learned about the hairline. Uh-huh. So I knew all of that. And I'm glad I did. Because I think it like changes the way you look at her in a way. It's mixed with a bit of sadness because it's like they really had to change her for this to be an actress. But but I think it's good to know that going in. No knowledge of her. And now I'm obsessed. Like okay. the best. <laughs> but what about you, Audrey? What did you have any prior knowledge? I just knew her as being married to Orson Welles, which is really awful, I know, but <laughs> Now I'm like, Orson Welles was married to her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, obviously Gilda is like the seven-year itch for Marilyn Monroe. You know the iconic images, even if you haven't seen the film. And also I didn't like the movie when I saw it. And so I wasn't really keen to watch more of her films, I guess. Not really her fault, but I just wasn't that interested. All that has changed. She's like, um, probably one of my favorite actors now. And I love just seeing her in any film and she always makes it so much better. And of course she was an extremely talented dancer and she was able to dance so many different styles as well within her films. And I think that's cool. That's not advertised a lot that she was a dancer. Yeah. Like I only found that out through watching films like, oh, she's dancing in a lot. (laughs) Which is weird because she was a dancer before she was an actor. But I feel like nobody really talks about that. No. Which is a shame. Like when you think of the old Hollywood like dancers, it's Fred and Ginger and Gene Kelly. And it's but Rita should be in those names. Yeah. Be remembered for that. She was so good at dancing. Her whole screen presence is literally brilliant. And I know we say this in every single <laughs> subject, but she is the best part of her films. Like, I, I literally cannot stress it enough. She's incredible. She's who you watch in the film, not just because of her beauty, but because of how good she is in it. You're just drawn to her. Yeah. Yeah. At all times. <laughs> oh, she's so iconic. She's yeah. She just glows. She emits something that only yeah. a few actors really do. And I think that makes her quite special. I guess we could get into her whitewashing. Hollywood had this very strange relationship with her ethnicity because she was in quite a few films billed as Rita Cancino, but they really played up her Spanish roots and they dyed her hair black and gave her darker makeup and stuff. They always made her play like the exotic roles. Yeah. But then they switched her to Rita Hayworth and they moved up her hairline and probably gave her like some facial surgery, like some work. And they did this with white people too, like Marilyn Monroe. 
or Lana Turner, where they would just completely change the actress's physical appearance and kind of their personality even just so they could fit this star image that they wanted them to have. I think the issue for me is like that they made such a big deal about this transformation. Yeah. Like in the press and the publicity and stuff. And then that was like the only reason, I guess, that she was able to play leading roles. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Old Hollywood was a very racist and still is pretty racist setup where the white actors or whitewashed actors are the only ones who are really able to play the leading roles. Even with Blood and Sand, and I love that film, like Rita is actually the only actor from Spanish roots and everybody else is not except for maybe some of the side like very minimal side characters. She was probably really only allowed to play that part because she appeared white. In old Hollywood, you have to be white per se to play all kinds of roles. Yeah. (laughs) She was at Fox, right? She was at Fox as a sort of a freelancer, I guess they would say, very early. And then she was with Columbia. So what made Columbia turn her white? Oh, such a horrible sentence to say. What was the turning point? I think it was actually her husband, her first husband, Eddie Judson. He was awful and I hate him, uh, which is a common theme for all of Rita's husbands. Yep. Oh, yeah. Buckle up. But yeah, he was very much into making her the biggest star as possible at any cost. It was his idea to do all the work on her. It's also Um, mad as well. I hate to say this, that it worked. uh Why did that make... Why could she not be successful as she is now without having to change her identity? It's so unfair. Rita's like a poster child for the star machine and the star image. And I think people use that against her for some reason. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, I just hope like this episode will shine some light on this, all of the things she faced as a result of trying to deal with the system. Here's a passage from this book that I was reading about Rita Hayworth in relation to the star system. And so it says, Hayworth and others like her are punished for not being outspoken. Their passivity assumed partly because it was not forcefully contradicted either by themselves or by those who wrote about them. They are punished in effect for being stars, for taking that role seriously. I love that. Yes. I think that's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. So sad. Frustrating. She has obviously slipped under the radar, but it's weird. It's like people have gotten a bit. I think she has slipped under the radar you other think? Yeah. than Gilda or like Lady from yeah. Shanghai. Yeah. Because I bet if you ask someone to name any of her other films, they probably wouldn't know. Yes. Yeah, you're so right. And I also think a lot of people just know her from association with Orson Welles, which is not the way it should be. And I guess oh. why we're doing this episode. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly said. <laughs> because we do not care about Orson Welles. No, sorry guys. If you're on an Orson podcast, this is not it. Like, no. Tune off right now. 
Okay, so as Audrey said, that this is us looking at her films as her as an actress and not just her beauty and stuff like that. We're going to go into our top three Rita Hayworth films. Very exciting. <laughs> so if I, my third favourite film is actually technically only the first half of the film. This <laughs> is the second half. Oh my God, it's so boring. Like I was on two times speed. Oh, I'll God. explain why in a minute. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's The Loves of Carmen, which like, yeah. I think is controversial, but <laughs> I love the first act, of, even like the first two acts, I'd say. I thought it was so good. I think it shows Rita's comedic side very well. With outdated attitudes towards certain communities of those times, which is why I would also just put out a disclaimer if you are watching it, like there's some usage of language that's not very politically correct nowadays. But Dunsa, how do I follow that by saying <laughs> I like this film? But it's just Rita's performance in it is very good. She her literal intro is her sat on a ledge, swinging her legs about, eating an orange, and you're like, oh. <laughs> That's probably her orange. And if no, she stole it from the window behind her. It's not even her house. It's, it's <laughs> incredible. I love it so much. And uh, this is also, this is my second Rita film. Uh, but this is my first one with Glenn Ford, who we would be seeing a lot of. And he plays like he's, it's in Spain. So I think he's part of the Armada. But so he's kind of like a police, policeman, let's say. <laughs> and he falls for her because of her background. It's just frowned upon. But it's also kind of interesting because a lot of the policemen like of his troop know what he's doing and it's kind of they turn a blind eye to it which I quite like and the romance okay. is actually quite nice to watch like they go really they go really well together but then something happens and they have to go on the run and then it turns into a weird western and that's where I did <laughs> like, okay. like, this is not good this is not fun anymore but that opening bit of just Rita with the townsfolk oh my god she's she is just roasting everyone. Glenn Ford calls her Senorita when she's on the ledge and she spits the orange out at him. <laughs> More spitting stuff. She says to a, a townsfolk, there's a wedding going on. This is when she's on that ledge. And then they like come, they're like the whole congregation's like walking through the village square and they say something to her, like racially motivated. And then she goes to them, I spit in your milk. And then she spits at them. <laughs> <laughs> this is cinema Watching yeah rita hayworth bit at people like <laughs> it's a beautiful sight it's incredible <laughs> no one is safe in the village from her like she is incredible at it and then also as well before it turns to ugly western there's my oh i want to say favorite but i think it might be my second favorite dancing and she's dancing with castanet and it's incredible it's amazing it's on youtube the whole film's on youtube as well but the dancing scene is on youtube and it's actually she's doing the bolero which i learned that her uncle actually i think it was her grandpa was it her granddad yeah her granddad that's insane yeah he, he invented dance. it like what <laughs> he invented the bolero i can't believe that i feel like it was a bit of a nod maybe to her heritage yeah. which i really like but yeah, Rita and the castanets, oh my God, it was incredible. How she moved them with her hands, it's so effortless and just like gliding and it just looked so natural to her. It was brilliant to see. 
but yeah so you have to endure like 30 minutes of western they're on the run eating beans by like fires and like <laughs> unbearable what's your I love that you brought up the castanets thing though because i remember reading that she kept her first pair of castanets from when she was like three or four or something oh, on her bedside really? table like her entire life oh my god and i just thought that was so cute <laughs> that's good that's so beautiful yeah they, she was such a oh she's such a lovely woman I just love that yeah I just love learning little things about that I think they can say so much about a person I don't think you're gonna like my number three. Oh my god yes oh my god okay <laughs> so I apologize in advance I actually like this film a lot but it's yeah. Hal Joey <laughs> oh my god no I knew you were gonna be mad <laughs> I'll take Kim Novak any day, but oh my god, what a film! Let me, I'm just pulling up. Oh my god! <laughs> so Wait, I'm so intrigued. Yeah, tell me, tell me, tell me. Okay, so yeah, Pal Joey stars Frank Sinatra as Pal Joey, and then Rita plays an ex stripper when he the term. Yeah, and she's like a rich widow, and she lives on like a yacht. I don't know. She's loaded though. <laughs> loaded. And then Kim Novak plays an aspiring dancer who gets involved in this kind of it's a love triangle I don't know it's a little more complicated than that yeah but I enjoyed this film I know Louise did not and I understand (laughs) why because if you don't like Frank Sinatra don't watch this movie because it will not help yeah there's nothing good about him in this film (laughs) do you like him in this film his best performances that I've seen yet whenever you're watching a Frank Sinatra movie you can tell if he's not really that invested, if he doesn't really care, but that wasn't apparent to me here. Yeah, I agree, and I, I think agree. he and Rita, I was not expecting them to go well together, but I thought they played off each other really well. Yeah, totally. There was chemistry there. They were giving it to each other. Yeah. yeah. And also, I'm not normally a fan of Kim Novak, but I thought she was good in this. I was going to ask, well. what did you think of Kim? Yeah. Um, I thought her character was good until the end it was just like a writing choice I didn't like the ending I'm not gonna spoil it it's pretty obvious but I'm not gonna spoil it (laughs) but I think it was mostly just the relationship between Rita and Frank that put this movie on my number three spot because they just they really sold their characters in that relationship and it made sense to me, you could buy that she would want to yeah. be with him and he would want to be with her, but it wasn't yeah. just like a sex kind of way. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> and he also like wasn't after her for her money no. either. And I love that she's playing him. Yes. Yeah. I just think that's such an interesting dynamic, but not even like in a femme fatale type no, way. No, no. But I think the reason I liked it so much is because it subverted a lot of my expectations going in from what I thought the film would be about. And so I ended up enjoying it more. I could see if you don't like Frank Sinatra, you won't enjoy this movie probably. Oh no. <laughs> you know, I was really shocked though, because he's saying the ladies are trapped to her. Yeah. Is that from this film? It I don't think right. so. Oh no, okay. No. But yeah, I, that was a great scene. Yeah, that was brilliant. I love that yeah. scene. <laughs> I wrote in my fig, oh, he is not calling Rita's character a tramp. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> also, though, Rita calls Frank in this a louse. And 
I jotted that down because it gagged me. Like, I love that. It's important, like, yes. yeah. <laughs> She's so right. <laughs> so Rita's character in this is, I'm not sure how old she's supposed to be. But, but she's meant to be old. In like, I'm going to say like 50s. Okay. But yeah, during filming, Rita was 38 or 39. Okay. And like Frank Sinatra is actually three years older than her. Oh my god. He's <laughs> oh my god, he's older than her. <gasps> However, I feel like and this is just me, you don't have to agree, but I feel like the movie did a good job. It wasn't a joke within the film that she was supposed to be quote unquote old. Yes. Like she was highly respected within the community yes. and nobody was like looking down on her for being yeah. with Frank. It was more people were looking down on Frank for sort of messing around with these two different women and leading them both on and like for 1957 that is a big step yes yeah I'm not gonna lie (laughs) yeah no 100 percent. yeah yeah so while I do wish her age in general like as an actress wasn't made into such a big deal I think for me in the movie it wasn't a big deal if that makes any sense yeah I agree like yeah. it really wasn't a big deal at all maybe it was made so he's got to choose between the old one and the young one yeah which is a bit icky but yeah no they let her shine and like she's even got a little bit of a strict tease moment yeah like, a little callback to Gilda I think too, exactly with the glove yeah with the glove <laughs> oh my god incredible so that's what's very interesting because in Hollywood like you don't see that often uh-uh. especially in those days like and even older. nowadays true yeah 100% unfortunately yeah, yeah. we need more hot old women yeah give us some milk come on I really respect that film for doing it I think it's incredible and yeah they don't play it as a joke she's very respected she's like a club owner or like ah. she's gonna insure his club and stuff yeah she has like a job she's the one pulling the strings so yeah, not so like, like she has a job a villainous thing either like she's very happy with yeah and I think it was because of Rita's performance you can see why she's going after Joey and why she feels lonely and Mm -hmm. I think it's more than just like a physical relationship it's just like person a person relationship and obviously Joey's not the right person to do that with yeah I felt like it was ahead of its time in that way I mean there's definitely like some other things about the film I don't really agree with misogyny wise I can look past it considering the other stuff that I liked about it I love that I think that's brilliant (laughs) also talk about the fact that his rent so he goes to get he like goes to a new a boarding house basically are you ready for this I'm ready $40 a month dang <laughs> and then he they buy a dog for him oh um, yeah know about, buys him a dog. Snuffy. The dog, Snuffy. i love that dog um, the dog was 25 dollars or 25. wait that's that's over half the rent you look at the inflation calculator Please. he said it was 40 dollars 40 dollars for the rent yeah like i, I had a, i had to write it down that's how gagged i was i was like shocked <laughs> <laughs> okay so now that's 432 dollars which is still pretty cheap, okay. I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say for it's in what 
they're in San Fran, aren't they? In San Francisco. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, that's very cheap. Yeah. Oh, it's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> And the dog you said was twenty five. The dog was twenty five dollars. Okay, so that's two hundred seventy dollars. That's so cheap. Snuffy's the MVP. But I just remember, like with Snuffy, the reason the dog was named that was because that was the name of his childhood dog. Yeah, I got run over by a milk truck, and then he's like, <laughs> "I never right. drink milk again." So dark. And like he didn't want the dog either. Kim knows no. that he bought it for. Like, yeah. this is the Allen film. Please don't buy the dog if you don't <laughs> want the dog. But the reason she bought him the dog was to evict him from the apartment because they couldn't have dogs. See, now that's what... Is that right? I was yeah. always thinking, the landlady said they can't have dogs. Because then she was like, oh, I asked her and it's fine. Oh, my God. He lied. She was trying oh, to kick him out. I love that. <laughs> that's incredible. But somehow the landlady never figured it out. No, the landlady's never seen again. I love that it's on your top three. I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was just a really well-made movie as well. Like it looked really beautiful and yes, the songs were good. Yeah, All the performances were really good. San Francisco location shooting for most of it. So that was cool. Yeah, we'll I love a good off. San Francisco movie. Oh, always the best films are in San Francisco. But it's there was no bet. chase scene. So minus points. You got to have a chase scene on the hills. Why be in San Fran if you're not going <laughs> to use it? Like Exactly. <laughs> but it also reminded me of Vertigo. Like with Kim Novak. Oh my God, it's the same character. Yeah. <laughs> I have this thing with Kim Novak where, mm-hmm. especially in this film, she always looks confused. Yeah, she does. Like that. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I love Kim Novak. I think she's brilliant. But I just thought, yeah, she always just looked confused in this film. No notes, but... Her presence is interesting. I can't describe it. Yeah. But it worked for the character, I think. Yeah. But should we go to number two? Sorry, that was a long time on Pal Joey, but I would recommend... I I had so much to say. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Such a memeable film. It really is. This is kind of ironic, though, because I think you're not going to like this one for my second, (laughs) my top two. All right. Because it's Cover Girl. Oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) I totally understand why. I totally understand why, because I get so annoyed thinking about it, where I kind of have to repress what happens at the end, where, like, spoiler alert, Gene Kelly gets very jealous, and then he, like, shuns her out. And, yeah, that boils my blood. That's very annoying. She should be able to do what she wants to do. But exactly. to take that out, it was very good. It's called Cover Girl because she's like in a dance troupe and like with Gene Kelly and those other women. And then they want to, there's like a national call out for Cover Girls. Of, is it Vanity Fair? I think it was just called Vanity. It was just Vanity. Okay. Yeah. Rita and this other dancer go and audition for it. It's literally just like just a model, basically. Her friend goes in first and the audition goes awfully. And then she goes in and tells Rita, they want you to be loud and excited and be really in their face. And then this is not Rita's character at all. She's actually quite like subdued and stuff. And then she goes into the audition room and she's got this really shrill voice. And it's just brilliant. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> like she let loose. This scene is on YouTube as well. Like I thought it was so funny. And the woman doing the interview and is like shocked. She's like, what is this person doing? It hurts because obviously her friend could have helped her get this job that's but true <laughs> but i just thought seeing rita in that way was just brilliant i've not seen her like that properly 
it was incredible so funny and oh my god yes sorry i'm just reading my thing gene kelly calls rita chicken a lot and it's so affectionately yeah in an affectionate way yeah (laughs) it's like his darling oh my god he's quite young in that yeah yeah i think it was shortly after uh wait did you watch for me and my gal with judy yes Yes. okay it was just shortly after that oh baby yeah baby Baby jean Jean. also what's great about this film is that so the cover girl boss say he actually chose rita because she looks like her grandma um oh my god i forgot about that plot line but i kind of love it like i think it's so sweet and then but the guy thinks it's her, it's his, it's her mother because doesn't realise he's that old. But I thought it was also funny. She gets the role because she looks like her grandmother. And it's really cool. So we get a flashback scene and it's Rita playing Mirabelle, who's the grandma. And so I love that. Duo roles in one film. Yeah. yeah. Always love that. And uh, and then, oh my God, the probably my favourite dance in Rita's film. Can I say it now? Yeah. If you favorite, want. Yeah. Favourite dance is her, Jean, and then the other guy i love trios where it's two boys and one girl i just love it it's like singing in the rain there's Bueller's day off they've all got you know that set up his name was genius genius oh my god but they go to like a little like restaurant and then they order they order mussels because they want the pearls in there and they do a little bit ritual and then they do a whole tap dancing bit and it's amazing it's incredible no offense, genius. I'm just watching Gene and Rita, but like it's yeah, genius is annoying. He's a bit annoying. Yeah, he stirs it as well, in it. Yeah, but, he is um... the one that makes Gene decide that Rita can't be a cover girl. He starts the whole conflict. Yes. And it's, oh, just stop. Shut up. <laughs> no one wants you here. No. <laughs> But yeah, I love that little dance a bit. It's probably my favorite because they tap dancing and oh, it's so good. And, and then when they make her over as well for the cover girl feature, beautiful. I took a photo like I was at a concert. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, that you do. Like, That's so funny. I know it's about Rita, but I have to say the thing that does not feel real is that Gene Kelly dances with his reflection. <laughs> <laughs> Why? It's like his emo <laughs> moment. Yeah. His girlfriend doesn't want to work with him anymore. I, I wrote, oh my god, Danny is like a super villain. Oh my god, oh my god, it's this is I'm so nerdy, but it's when um Willem Dafoe in the first Spider-Man film. <gasps> That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's very of its time of how they shun her out for pursuing what she wants to do, and it's very annoying. Especially because I love Gene Kelly and I don't like him in this film. He's awful. Yeah, he's really bad. I knew it going in, but I didn't think it'd be that bad. My mom and I were talking about like how Gene Kelly is one of the worst actors to play like a mean character because you really want to like him, but he makes the characters like so mopey and what's not like a nice guy, but kind of oh, it's so nice guy vibes, isn't it? Yeah, like why are you leaving me behind? Yeah, it's a pixie, but boy, yeah, that's like all of his kind of mean boyfriend kind of roles are like that and so we don't like to see him be mean yeah it's so sexist like it is bad i think i put in my yeah. level feels like i can look past the, the sexist stuff because i like the dancing <laughs> you're lucky the there was too much of it for me yeah it's not yeah it's 
But see, this is where my issue comes in because a lot of Rita's films I didn't really like. Yeah. But I loved, I literally, I'm not just saying this, I swear, loved her in them. Loved her in them so much. But it's just not really my type of films, which is fine. Yeah. But, and I love old films, but I just, the 40s is a bit of an odd time for me. I feel like, I don't know what it is about films from the 40s. I just don't like them. They're kind of an in-between period, I feel like, because they were just such a random mix of genres. Like there were musicals, there were noirs, literally everything was a propaganda film. Oh, yes. And of course, Rita had some of those, so they were interesting. It was for her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is a topic. (laughs) But yeah, I'm with you there. I didn't like a lot of her movies. But I loved her and every single one of them. So my number two is called Fire Down Below. Came out the same year as Pal Joey. So 1957, she's co-starring with Robert Mitchum and Jack Lemmon. Which once again, I was like, these three aren't going to go well together. But it was like a perfect trio. So subverting expectations. Yeah. (laughs) But it's a it's an interesting one. I feel like nobody talks about it. Unfortunately, she plays this woman who needs to be transported illegally because she doesn't have a passport or papers or anything like that. And so they're hired to take her on their boat, I guess, to I can't remember where she needs to go, but somewhere they filmed in Trinidad. Oh, lovely. So yeah, it's more of a character study about these three people and the relationships with one another. And you've got these three great actors. It was a lot darker and a lot deeper than I thought it would be. And so I liked that a lot. I felt like it was a different kind of role for Rita. She's playing this woman who has a mysterious past and she it affects how she feels about men in her life. And I think it was very relevant to Rita's life as well I don't like the ending I will say okay the ending kind of ruins the parts of the film but I say everything up to the ending I really enjoyed and it went in directions I wasn't expecting but in a good way I don't want to say too much about it because I feel like you have to watch it to form an opinion and a lot of people on Letterboxd don't like it but oh of course. of course. They're missing out. Robert Mitchum, frenemy of the pod. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm intri- is he good at it? Uh-huh. Is he good with Rita? He's pretty evil, though. Oh, okay. But you, we, so, that's what we want. Robert yeah. Mitchum, like, yeah. <laughs> and you've got Jack Lemmon playing kind of the real star of the film, honestly. Okay. So it was, it was cool to see him in something more serious. Yeah. And I thought he did a great job. And it does include one of my two favorite dance scenes. Ah, yes. Um, And I think it's also on YouTube. They go to this Cinco de Mayo festival or kind of party in the streets. And Rita does this whole dance routine. And she just looks so happy. I love watching her dance because you can just tell how excited and positive she feels about it. With this dance especially, she gets to really be free with her body and do some of the styles of dancing that she grew up with as well. It was more special to me than some other dances that she did. Oh, I love that. But yeah, I recommend Fire Down Below. It's hated, but misunderstood. <laughs> oh, 
love that that is my take on that's your tagline (laughs) yeah what's your number one my number one is down to earth Ooh, okay i just love this film before we get into it how on earth do we pronounce her name in this (laughs) terpsichore terpsichore that does not come out of my mouth rita literally plays a greek goddess come on that is so clever yeah isn't it like and it's just fun apparently it's a sequel but you don't need to watch the first film no i have no idea like (laughs) it was mr jimmy jordan but um, there's not a relation yeah have you seen the other one no no okay no <laughs> i I'm just so read by this film yeah like it's completely different i think they just sold it as a sequel to probably get more people to watch it yeah <laughs> that's, so that's what they used to do back then <laughs> no one's gonna no one's gonna question it it's fine no <laughs> but it's really good There's, i'm gonna just have to call a retard i think i'm just gonna call sure Rita um, finds out that they're doing a play in New York based on the these Greek goddesses. She's a goddess of song and dance, which is just perfect. Yeah. And uh, so she finds out they're doing a play, and then she goes down to Earth to see what's going on. But then she auditions and gets in because she's the goddess of dance. Like, of course she's gonna get in. And it's just really fun. It's just easy going. Costumes incredible. She wears this purple dress when they're up in the heavens. And oh my gosh, it's amazing. When she comes down to earth, she's wearing this mink coat. Oh my God, I need it so badly. (laughs) I would love a fake mink coat so badly. She just looks brilliant. Oh, there's a really funny moment. So she goes down like an angel and no one can see him, but they can see her and they can't hear him either. And uh, she goes in and they're in the auditorium and she thinks they're calling her name, but they're like just practicing. And it's just like <laughs> silly moments like that. Like, it's, I just love it. Fish out of water stories. It's very yeah. fun. It's a little bit annoying. It does go in the territory of she basically wants to do it a different way. And then Mr. Jordan is upset that it's not his way to play. And that's when No, Mr. Like, Jordan is it's not, the, wait, who's Mr. Jordan? He's different. <laughs> Oh my god, see, I have no idea. I'm only there for Rita. <laughs> Mr. Jordan is the guy that sent her to Earth. I would never have guessed that in her my spirit life. Spirit guide, yeah. Oh my god. Is he the one that goes down with her? So they're like by the no. airplane and he's telling them all. Is that him? Oh my god. I have no idea. <laughs> no. Okay, so the guy that goes down with her is 7013 or something. Like he's just numbers. Yes. Yeah. Mr. Jordan's the other guy, the one. Okay. Who's in charge of everything? Okay, does he come down? A couple times, yeah. Okay, see, I couldn't keep up, and then I was really confused because I thought her agent was also from heaven, but he wasn't. <laughs> this is my favorite film as well. This, this is the bar low. I think so. No, the a- okay. So the agent knew Mr. Jordan in the first film because oh. he helped him with a boxing client. I think this is why we need to watch the first film. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be pretty good. Oh. And so he believes Rita later, or I don't know if he ever knows, but. Yes, because he, yeah. He knew Mr. Jordan. But anyway, okay. the guy leading the play is. This is my is, issue. I never write down their names. Yeah, I just. he's Oh, his name's Danny. Gene Kelly's character is also called Danny. Yeah, <laughs> it's confusing. Wait, this would be Danny. I only know this because I put, wrote down my notes. I thought, yes, Queen, for slapping Danny for saying Sophisticary is a solop. Yeah, Danny <laughs> so, sucks. Oh, 
yes so apologies because i did think that was mr jordan but <laughs> now i know that's danny i hate yeah. him he's very annoying and yes he wants the play to be done his way mate give it up and oh, as i was just saying that i just because on imdb do you know what it said rita hayworth said that this was the least favorite of all her films yeah <laughs> this is me loving the pirate and then i find out all the stuff about it and i'm like why do i always go for the bad ones Oh, that's fine. I think just for her, it was disappointing because it came between Gilda and Lady from Shanghai, which I think was like her attempts to go into like more serious films. Yes. This is not serious. No. Then there's also something I put in this just before it is for you. She'd rather get married to Danny than be a goddess, which also just sucks just so stupid. much. She goes back up and it's actually quite sweet because she meets him again. Yeah, when he like, dies. You know, right? <laughs> Danny's She's just dead. like waiting for him to die. It is a bit dark. It's a bit yeah. dark. Especially because she doesn't age. But, but yeah, no, I did enjoy this film, I swear. Good. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I just loved her in it. I thought it was just fun. It was yeah. just fun. That cover girl and Blood and Sand, which I didn't mention, but only because she's not in it as much. Yeah. I gave them all four stars, which was my highest. Out oh, of nice. Films. So I will take that. Blood and Sand's amazing. I think we probably will talk about it later. But yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. For me, she was just, I need a little bit more for her to be my top three, but it was number four. Oh. Down to Earth is on YouTube as well, the whole film. Okay. Nice. Um, so I would always say go watch it. I loved also that there's basically a song about having a threesome. Yes. And it's two guys, one woman, like yeah. the best. I was like, what is happening right now? This is, this is a New York play. Like, yeah. <laughs> what am I watching? But it was also so funny, like, haha, Danny, when we saw her version of the songs and then his version, and his oh, were like so much worse. Just so bad in comparison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are not good. No. But I think that's what prevented me from liking the film. And same with Cover Girl is her character starts off in both of those films, like being yeah. so independent and so fun and funny yeah. and especially down to earth. Like she was, I loved how sassy she was. Yeah. And then yeah. she just like changes for this loser guy named Danny, of course. Yeah. Oh, no. I can't believe there's two Dannys. Yeah. That's, that's gotta mean something. That's gonna... I don't know. But that's what prevented me from enjoying it more yes. was yeah. just the downgrade of her character. Yeah, it is a downgrade. It, she's a, literally the goddess of dancing. And she's putting that aside to do what he wants to do. It's just it's a bit, it's very of its time. Yeah. And then with Cover Girl, like she doesn't want to get married to the other guy. But the only other option is to marry Danny. No, it's just, just oh, it's not good. Are <laughs> you successful dancer? I don't know. And I'm not saying, like, I hated these films necessarily, but it's just, considering a lot of Rita's films were like this, it yeah. makes it more aggravating because they couldn't just let her be a badass. Yeah. Had to change, had to conform to these men. Yeah. And it's, oh, very frustrating to watch now. Yeah. There was something else I, would, I liked about Down to Earth. Okay, I this isn't liking, but I learned okay, that yeah. the so the snow globe she threw, like when she was in the basement, yes, was the yes. snow globe from Citizen King. Incredible. I love that. And that was cool. right after she divorced Orson Welles. Oh, 
beautiful. Throw that snow globe. <laughs> yeah, you throw it. <laughs> have you seen Citizen Kane? I have not, no. Okay. Do you yeah. have to? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Put off. Apparently people yeah. say it's really not, it's, it, it still holds up and stuff. But I haven't really enjoyed any of Orson's other work. So <laughs> that's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I watched Mank, though, which, why would I watch that when I haven't even seen Citizen Kane? <laughs> that's a good question. Right? Down to Earth was actually remade into the best movie ever made, Xanadu. Yes! Oh my god, how did I forget? It was on IMDb. What the frick? What? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that was a plot to Xanadu. So, yeah, Xanadu is superior, though. I'm sorry, but yeah. Same idea. Let's ahead. Gene Kelly, a muse comes down to earth to make things positive. So, I recommend Xanadu. But so yeah. Olivia Newton John is Rita. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and she roller skates. <laughs> oh, I love it! I love it so much because there's a roller skating line in Down to Earth, and people think it's quite funny because it's a little bit like ah, now she's in roller skates. Oh, and that's brilliant. That is so good. Yeah, and I think I read, and this doesn't make sense to me, but that Jean's character in Cover Girl is the same character in Xanadu. What? But, like, he's way better in Xanadu. I don't know. Is that, like, canon? I think so, yeah. I think they're the same name. I need to double check that. Wait, what? Yeah, Danny McGuire. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my god, this is mad. But this is what? insane. And that reminds me, in a, oh shoot, in Down to Earth, they were showing these newspaper clippings, and one of them said know. something about see the cover girl yes. in all her glory at Danny McGuire's place or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's there's all a connected. multiverse. Yeah. Oh yeah, multiverse of reasons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe that's the same character. I'm sorry. I'm not. Yeah, I don't believe oh it. We hate Danny. Yeah, in but Girl. Danny is amazing at Xanadu, so. Oh my god. Maybe he just grew up, I don't know. What are the odds? Yeah, I don't know why they decided that, but I, it's kind of funny. When did you watch Cover Girl for the first time? Was it after you watched Xanadu? Yeah. Okay, so we, might, we might need to re-watch it, and then yeah. we, there might be like references and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'd yeah. gladly rewatch Xanadu. <laughs> What's your number okay. one? I think I know what it is. I don't know if you do. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, no, let on. What's your guess, though? It Would it be Blood and Sun? It's not. Or not. I'm glad no. it's not. Yeah. It's a good film. We love Pyro. Yeah. Right? It's a very good film. Really I'm going to talk about it later. But yeah, not yeah. number one, only because Rita's not really in it that much. Yeah, yeah. So. but a great film nonetheless. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, okay. my no- <laughs> number one is, it's actually Rita's penultimate movie. It was released in 1970. It's called Road to Selena. Oh, I'm gutted because I had this on the list to watch and I didn't watch it. Oh. Please tell me about Road to Selena. Okay, so this movie is very not like a 40s film. There's nudity. There's like incest. Oh my god. Oh, wow. <laughs> the 70s, baby. There's murder. A little bit of Classic. Everything. Yeah. yeah. There's this guy who comes into this town and Rita thinks that he's her son that disappeared four years earlier, Rocky. 
And so she basically takes him into her home and is just thinks he's her son. And he just plays along mm. with it. And, and then, do we know he's not? No, not necessarily. It's, it's ambiguous. Okay. Yeah. And then Rita's daughter and Rocky's sister comes into town. Her name is Billy. She comes to visit and also recognizes him as being Rocky. Okay. And there's this other character who's, you can tell he's suspicious that this guy isn't Rocky. And so we as the audience are kind of trying to figure out, like, who is this guy? Why did these women... This is like The Imposter, my favorite (laughs) my favorite documentary ever. Ooh, okay. But it's really interesting. It's a noir, but I think it's called like a sun bleach noir or something. All the photos I've seen of it, it looks bright. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Which is very interesting, like how different that is to what's happening. And it's, it creates this kind of uncomfortable atmosphere because you want it to be like Mamma Mia or something like you're on this fun island and everybody's yeah. having a good time, but it's like and, really disconcerting. Oh my God, this sounds amazing. <laughs> and I love seeing Rita be completely out of the studio system. Yes. I just think like it's such a different type of role for her and yes. you can really feel for her character and how what the other characters like Rocky and Billy are doing are affecting her because it gets pretty weird I'm not gonna lie okay I mean you said incest at the beginning so I dread to think oh my gosh this is old Rita as well this Mm -hmm. is brilliant to see that she's still doing it it's amazing yeah she's still acting how was it with her personal life in the context of her life well it's come at a good time for her I think it was after she like divorced all her husbands, but before she was in the stages of struggling with Alzheimer's, yeah. but I don't think it had reached like quite the severity it got to like later yeah. in the seventies. So she definitely still seems active and conscious and she's still delivering like an amazing performance. And something I noticed, I just realized was all three of my top films are like older Rita later in yes. her career. That's very true. There's just something for me, like about her later screen persona. It just feels so much more comfortable in front of the camera and maybe just more like self reflective. Um, I don't know. I think I just like her later performances more. I kind of also thought she was more beautiful the older she got. I don't know. She just seemed more comfortable in herself. Oh, that's lovely. Not to say she wasn't stunning like her entire life, but yeah, yeah, yeah. there's just something about it when she was a bit older that's more more elegant, more assured in herself. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting to love this movie. I'm even thinking about putting it on my favorites list. I don't know yet. Nice. But yeah, it's so unexpected and it's so yeah. weird to see her in the yeah. film. But I love it. Like, I wish she'd done more stuff in the 70s and really gotten out of that persona that we associate her with. When I was looking through her films, like, to plan what to watch, and I saw that, I was like, this is not what I would have expected. She's seen all, like, her 40s stuff. So different. Yeah. Oh, it's annoying that, like, we had that little taste of her in the 70s and then we found it. Yeah. I can't believe that's your number one. I love it. I know. it's. I would recommend it. It's pretty weird. I think you'd like it, though. 
But I was watching this documentary about her and someone that she worked with later on said it was a shame that like the moments she was starting to fully come into herself as a person and not be so dependent on another man and all that was like the years when she started getting affected by Alzheimer's. And yeah, I agree. I feel like we, and she lost out on really like finding herself. I think she did, especially in the later years. I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. I think she also kind of, and I wanted to get your opinion on this too, but like she seemed ahead of her time also. Like I just seemed like the roles that she got, not even just the typecasting, but they just seem beneath her as an actor. And I don't want to, this is going to go against my whole ethos. I don't <laughs> want to pit women against each other. Sure. But I don't think she's on the same levels of like Marilyn and Jean and Hedy Lamar of those eras. I think she was the top. I really do. Yeah. Part of me maybe thinks like, then why isn't she talked about a lot anymore? And I think it's because she was so good. That people like don't expect that. Like, I, even as well, sorry, I should also say with male actors as well, I thought she was well above everyone she acted with. She's always the best part. You saying that she was ahead of her time is literally bang on. That is perfect. She was ahead of her time. She was so different. She, it sucks because, yeah, she was just completely messed around by the studio. Orson would say that she went into fits of rage, never against him, but at the studio. Oh my God, when you hear that, it's just madness to me. Like, it's so upsetting. It was the studio that messed up her career. Like, she would have absolutely thrived in the post-studio Hollywood, for sure. Yeah. So frustrating. It is. And Rita never complained about her years with Columbia until much later. Yeah. She knew what was going on. And I just think it's awful that they deprived her of that. And I'm just glad we did get a little bit of her like doing some quirky, weird stuff, but definitely not enough. Yeah, we needed more. Yeah. But yeah, I'd recommend Road to Selena. Go in like, I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't no. want to give anything away. But yeah, really really unsettling but in a fun way I don't know <laughs> oh I kind of love that though that's brilliant yeah, but it's good I also watched she was on the Carol Burnett show to promote the film and I would okay, recommend yeah. watching that episode as well I've seen pictures from it and I actually didn't recognize her yeah she looked a lot different yeah she also wore wigs like on the show so yeah, yeah she's like, like in for her character disguise. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but okay yeah so she's funny like she mm-hmm. was so charismatic like a chameleon like she just do any roles perfectly yeah but I like how you point out I don't like that she dislike working on down to earth but like that even you couldn't tell yes that she didn't yes. like it and that's how she was as an actor like she just put a hundred percent every single performance yes hundred percent agree oh man love her I know we said earlier that we don't want it all to be about who Rita was with as this is about Rita but she was married to probably one of the most famous writer, director, actors ever of Orson Welles. So it, it's with a heavy heart. We we do have to talk about him. Like he he is a bit integral to the story. Oh uh, yeah. Sadly, <laughs> I know. But yes, yeah, so they did a film together. 
48, which kind of ties in quite nicely as well with Gilda, which came out two years before, where it's no musical, it's no dancing numbers, except for ones that are like integral to the plot, like in Gilda. But right. Lady from Shanghai, there's not really any. And it's just a very different direction for Rita. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's an interesting film. I can say something very superficial. I don't like Rita with blonde hair. I think that's why I didn't like it. She needs her <laughs> red hair. Like, yeah. <laughs> and oh my God. I'm sorry, I don't even know where this is going, but I have to say it. Orson's accent in it is so bad. <laughs> it is like one of the worst accents I've ever heard in my life. One of the worst movie accents ever. It's on YouTube. And in the comments, someone was like defending it. <laughs> you cannot don't defend that. that. Yeah. <laughs> and doesn't he have a voiceover? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he narrates it as well. <laughs> so we have to hear it like the whole movie. Yeah, it's just not good. Don't understand the hype. Don't believe the hype. It's a very weird film. Now, yeah. timeline to their relationship. Is this where they met? No. Okay, so they were married when he made it? Or like together? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little complicated. In terms of their relationship, it's very interesting. Yes. Okay, so they were married in 1943. Okay. And then they divorced in 47. They, or they weren't quite divorced, but they were separated. They came back together to make this film because Rita had agreed to do it, I think, before they separated. So yeah, it was an interesting filming experience for that very reason, as well as many other reasons. Imagine being on that set. That would be weird. (laughs) Very weird. So yeah, I would say they were together, but they were not together together. Okay. As you mentioned with the hair. I hate agreeing with the 40s audience, but yeah, yeah. the hair did not work for me. People were outraged. They were mad. Yeah. Capital M. Like, they were mad. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny. Yeah. Come on, guys. You just got out of a war. What are you <laughs> There's more thing? things. Yeah. But the interesting thing about that is that this film was based on a book. Her character in the book, Elsa Bannister, has long red hair. What? I'm like, Orson, why? What were you doing? My theory, this is the theory, is that it was his way of controlling Rita's image. Okay. If you learn stuff about the behind the scenes of the filming and things like that, he was very possessive over her image and kind of painting her in a bad light he wanted to destroy her basically yeah in not that harsh in movie terms and that was his way of doing it was by changing her hair because the producer did not want to do that either no and neither did columbia yeah so it's to me it's more about like they change her hair color and people are mad it's more of there was a purposeful and harsh like animosity way. in a way isn't it? yeah like, like oh, the reason for doing it who's gonna listen to this and still stan orson after yeah this? <laughs> show <laughs> yourself <laughs> that is messed up I, they, yeah i did not view it like that but it makes so much sense yeah yeah and especially knowing like the character in the book the character has red hair looks like rita <laughs> what oh my god i thought she was absolutely excellent in the film acting wise i thought she was brilliant did the public think that? I think so. Okay. Didn't it yeah. tank? 
Yeah. It did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the ending is absolutely brilliant. One of the best endings I've ever seen in film. And it saves it. And I think that's a consensus with a lot of people nowadays. Like that fun house parody is brilliant. But I just don't get it. I don't understand it. I literally, when I was writing my post for it, I was struggling to write yeah. anything. I had nothing to say. Oh, no. <laughs> I think for me, it's it's just another noir. Yes. Other than there's some really cool editing techniques and whatever, it's not really anything that special. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just think I don't like noir, so I'm not the target audience, obviously. But I just felt it was too all over the place and it's probably because of editing and the fact that Columbia forced Wells to cut out like entire segments and so of course it makes sense yeah the film's kind of choppy and you can feel that yeah it just doesn't feel complete and so I'm not going to blame the film necessarily more just the Columbia of course yes always to blame and Orson being the director, I'm sorry, he's just, he had too um, much control. There's not even any, there's nothing between Orson's character and Rita's character nope. at all. They're meant to be like in like a, a sultry love affair. Her husband's on the boat as well, but they like each other. No, uh-huh. I mean, nope. they were married. <laughs> yeah, I would not have guessed they were married after watching that. Don't know. There's nothing there. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. Let's see. I was reading some more of this book that I read from earlier, and they brought up this point that in this film, like Rita doesn't really have much charisma or like much of a personality. And I was just wondering if you noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm nodding my head. Yeah. (laughs) What is her personality in this film? Nothing. Evil. I I don't know. Right. Yeah. (laughs) she's so cold and I understand that a lot of femme fatales are like that but there's something to them but I'm getting nothing from Rita in this absolutely Mm -hmm. nothing at least in Gilda she is technically like a femme fatale in a way but she's like having fun and partying and getting all these men Elsa is doing none of this and it's just I'm getting nothing Mm -hmm. and I think with this book they were trying to say that was also of Orson's doing like He's a director. He should know. And he also wrote yeah. it. Like, and yeah. this is his wife. Like, he should know how to harness her capabilities as an actor and really help her give a great performance. Yeah. And so I think they were trying to say that he was sabotaging her by giving her nothing to work with. I don't quite remember the film, but I do feel like for me, femme fatales are boring. And like a yeah. very misogynistic viewpoint of women. And so obviously I'm not going to want to relate to them. But I sort of remember her character not having a lot of personality to begin with. But Rita did make the most of it. I thought her performance was really good. Especially because it was in the middle of all the films I watched. So I had seen most of her Actually, out of this and Gilda, this was what I watched first. Sillyly, like I probably should have watched in order, but, but this was the first serious role I've seen of hers. And uh, I was really honestly floored by her performance. I was like, she can do anything. Like, yeah. I was really impressed by it. And that's her performance. And then we're still set, like, that's how good a performance is. But we're still saying we need more. Yeah. 
if it was a better director, uh-huh. we would have gotten one of the probably greatest performances ever. No, she had to be acting alongside someone doing an Irish accent. All day. <laughs> it's not fair. It's not yeah, fair. Orson wasn't giving her anything. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to work with. Oh my god. No. Yeah, that's true. I like she's the only thing I remember about that film. They could have made her like what's an iconic film. She could have been like Lana Turner or Postman. Always rings. I'm twice. so annoyed. Or uh, as we were talking, I don't want to say. Yeah. It, I'm going to say it as we were just talking. I wrote down Postman always rings twice. No way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is a good femme fatale. Yeah, because oh, I'm going to get rid of that now. And a woman, she, you're good. Because <laughs> she has yeah. at least in that like you can sort you can understand where she's coming from. She has more personality other than just being, like, a user. Yeah. And we talked about this in the John Garfield episode, but how his character adds on to her character. Yes. But I just felt like Orson Welles, like, he was supposed to be perfect or, yeah. like, oh, wrong place, wrong time. And so you need he, somebody to play off of, I think, for the femme yes. fatale work. He, Orson, he is too... an sorry this might come across as mean but he's so big-headed he is the showman he is the number one uh-huh. he is not going to help someone possibly outshine him no way nope. like I've, I've seen so many weird orson films he has to be the number one person there and i think that's to his detriment with this film to rita's detriment and a good actor lets someone else shine lets the support like she's not the main character obviously but like the supporting character should shine and she doesn't and I think that's because of him yeah you hit the nail on the head with that that's why the movie didn't work is because you can tell Orson is trying to be better than her but obviously Rita's way better yeah exactly like (laughs) she's the most interesting part of the entire film I feel like he was trying to be better and be more famous than her. And obviously it worked because everyone knows Orson Welles. Nobody really knows Rita Hayworth. And if they do, it's really only in relation to him and how she ruined his life, even though it was the opposite. Yeah. And I think also with this book that I was reading, she was talking about how a lot of film scholars use this movie as a comparison between their actual relationship And so, of course, then they're painting Rita as being like Elsa, which was not the case at all. She was nothing like Elsa. No, her star persona was vastly different. Yeah. And even just her in real life. Yeah. Oh, my Um, God. And then... I wonder why that is. Yeah. Why they would want to make that comparison. Because everybody wants to make Orson Welles into, like, this wonder boy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sick of it. okay and then something I wanted to ask you was like why I know the answer it's the patriarchy but always yeah (laughs) like why does everyone like him why was he allowed to have this career resurgence and she's just continued to be dragged through the mud like even today yeah 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 I wish I could give you another answer, but it is the patriarchy. Men in the industry just get away with everything. Yeah. 
they could they get to reinvent their careers every five years but once a woman reaches 30 that's it or when she shows a, just a different sign in her personality they bin them off i literally it's so annoying orson was not a good person at no like, <laughs> he's got the number one best film ever made and it's like oh my god can you guys just stop obsessing over him that's why I hate him is because he was allowed to be this terrible person and cheat yeah. on his wife and yeah. be really awful to the actors he worked with yeah. and still be extremely popular and still work in Hollywood. Like they were still letting him work, even though they knew he was really unreliable. Yes. And yet Rita was suspended countless number of times. Yeah. She was one of the most professional actors of her era and yet given no respect. And I think the double standard between him and her, especially like in their relationship, is what infuriates me because not that he maybe didn't deserve it, but just she deserved better than what she got. And just seeing like the comparisons between their careers and how they were as people. Yeah. Yes. We don't remember all the Hollywood men that have had millions of wives. Yeah. Elizabeth Taylor gets berated for all the men she's married. And so does Rita. Like, it's just... Oh. And Judy. Yes. Yeah. And Marilyn, I know. It's just insane. And it's about time that someone said something. And even in regards to, say, like, the 1001 movies, though, loads of his films are on there. I've watched loads of his films for the account. Even yeah. this awful documentary. Oh, my God. F for fake. Rubbish <laughs> film. Hated it. Yeah, there's only two Rita Hayworth films on well, the three. Oh, yeah, only, only Angels. Like, but yeah. she's like barely in that. Oh, one scene. <laughs> oh, I love that film. <laughs> I love that film. <laughs> but yeah, yeah three. No. Bud and Sand, I thought that would be on there. I think Rita is also a good example of like the Hollywood system working against her in terms of just because she's a woman really because yeah. she was probably like one of the least what's the word like diva-ish or problematic or whatever kind of actor so yeah, yeah just the fact that they like couldn't even respect her is very annoying <laughs> very upsetting it's time and time again isn't it this isn't mm-hmm. this isn't unique this isn't just Rita it's, it's ev- like pretty much every woman in this system in this area yeah. era and even a lot of the men John Garfield was ruined by the studios yeah like well, his obviously blacklisted and stuff. But so yeah, it's just the studios. They're the worst. Yeah. And there's no guarantee either. Like Rita Hayworth was the highest grossing or like most popular star for Columbia for a long time. Yeah. She had a production company. Yes. Yes, she did. Uh, yes. Yeah. That doesn't matter. We're going to suspend you because oh. you don't do what we want you to do. Okay. Yeah. It was really just the that. studios fault for a lot of things. <laughs> they're the worst they really yeah. are but yeah also production company nobody talks about that either exactly yes i'd say it's like marilyn's production company or even mentioned in blonde so like these women were incredible mm-hmm. they were really going against this awful hollywood and they were just making a name for themselves and i just love it yeah love women. yeah <laughs> and I will say too, like Rita had a lot of women within the industry that she was close with and friends with. I've mentioned them in the bio episode. And so I think it's important 
to know like she did have people in her corner, which was very rare in those times. But yeah, I'd say like she was a pioneer for definitely the production company. It was quite early on, isn't it? It was yeah. the 40s, right? Incredible. And then, of course, it was because of one of her husbands that she had to drop the production company. Yeah. And yeah, I just think if she hadn't had so many controlling men in her life, she probably would be a better respected. But I don't think that should matter. No, like, it, it's hindsight in it like but but she didn't know that she loved who she loved didn't it okay so we just talked about orson wells and all that good stuff Talk, and, like yeah <laughs> discussed like mature adults uh, <laughs> and of course like his relationship with rita especially in terms of lady from shanghai and another pivotal film from this point in time was the iconic Gilda. And we just wanted to touch on this because it was so important to how Rita was perceived as a person in real life and as an actor. Neither of us really liked this movie at all. So we'll probably talk about it more in terms of the cultural side of it than what we liked or didn't like about it. Because otherwise it'll just be even more <laughs> completed. Yeah, we don't want to be ranting this no. whole episode. <laughs> so Gilda was released in 1946. It's definitely Rita's most iconic role. And I am surprised, honestly. I don't yeah. think she was bad in it, but it's just not my cup of tea. Yeah, perfect description. <laughs> Yeah, it is not my cup of tea either. Like, it, <laughs> I don't get it. I, I really honestly don't. And that's what, literally what I said about Shanghai. Don't get the hype. Yeah, so hype. special about it compared I'm to sorry. other noirs. Or even like her other films. Her other films are so much fun. Yeah. Maybe like these cinephiles don't want to watch fun films. They don't. <laughs> they want to watch the boring ones. Yeah. <laughs> But it's very annoying that that's like her most famous role because it like mm-hmm. probably shouldn't be. There's good aspects to it. Like I really do like how sexually free she is, but obviously in those days it was more made her out to be more villainous and stuff like that. And it's just a mm-hmm. bit like it's not very feminist. Like it's trying to be, but it's not. And it's just also painfully boring. Yeah, <laughs> it felt but. so long. Yes, yeah. It was a slog to get through. Real slog. But yeah, but so before we watched it, obviously before I knew about Rita, that was all I knew. So I was my hopes were high. And it's just such a popular image. But I just think if you actually watch the film now, it doesn't really hold up. No. It just feels so of its time in its depictions of Gilda and then also just the male characters being so macho and boring and stuff yeah yeah I couldn't tell you one trait of anyone no. in it like I <laughs> but who was the director was it was it Vidor yeah I think so oh yeah Charles is it Vidor Vidor, Vidor? yeah oh my oh. god he did cover girl oh my god <laughs> I take it back I take everything back I take yeah it back. he is a master oh a master and loves of Carmen oh my god I do Two out of three 
we'll take it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the meatloaf song, not a free ain't bad. Do you have the quote about her date in life after Gilda? Yeah. About how, do you want to say it? Because I will butcher it. <laughs> sure. The interesting thing about that quote is it's evolved. No one's really sure exactly like what type of tense she is using. Interesting. So okay. I'm not exactly sure what the actual quote is, but she yes. said men go to bed with Gilda and then they wake up with me. Yes. Yes. Which like actually did break my heart when I first read that. I don't get why for certain people their characters in films becomes how people perceive them. Yeah. So many old actors, like old Hollywood actors of any sort of genre or whatever, like not just the yeah. sex symbols. It everyone seems to be known for one role and yes. that's how they're perceived in real life. Yes. And in the case of Gilda, I think that's harmful. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Because thinking about that as well, that picture of her as Gilda was probably plastered everywhere. She was a top pinup. Like you say with Marilyn with seven year age and stuff. Yeah, you could literally just close your eyes and see the, the skirt flowing and stuff like that. It's it's weird. It's almost yeah, once you do this one film, that's like it. It's like it shouldn't be. No. <laughs> that's Especially the point of Gilda. acting, right? Yeah. Like in different roles that aren't exactly. similar to you. And <laughs> like it's a character, guys. Like uh-huh. you are not going to bed with Gilda. Come on. You're yeah. with Rita. What are you doing? At least count your blessings. <laughs> you are actually with her. Yes. Yeah. And the fact that it's Gilda makes it worse for me because from what I remember from watching the film is she's like that typical femme fatale-esque character where she uses her sexuality as a weapon or it's used against her within the movie by the male characters. Yeah, And so it's not even really an empowering film or something that no, makes me not. feel confident that Gilda was like not being used for her body. Yes. Yeah. And even as well with that, the character, these femme fatale characters can't, they have to get their like comeuppance in a way because of the haze curve and stuff. You would have to, if you did something bad, you would like get either killed or get put in jail for it. And yeah, we can't even have these characters just be seductive, like, sneaky women because they're always going to get something bad happen to them at the end and it's very annoying i don't think gilda dies though honestly i couldn't tell you what happened yeah i forgot (laughs) because then the lady from shanghai she dies she dies yeah and that's even worse because orson wells leaves her like dying on the floor of the fun house or the house of mirrors yeah yeah and it's really awful honestly because yeah it, it but he's allowed to leave her because she's done something bad. It's like, no, that's yeah. not right. It's- the Hayes Code is probably to blame for a lot of the portrayals of women as well. Especially with those two films, it's too bad that those were ended up being used against Rita because they were her first forays into dramatic acting. Yes, yeah. And it, I don't think she ever really did that again until the late 50s. That's sad, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't know why, because Gilda was an incredibly huge success. It was like the highest grossing film of the year, and yet they kept putting her in musicals after that. It makes no sense. And she's really good at acting in it. It's just, it's so weird, isn't it? 
we're still kind of in this gilded lane, but with Shawshank Redemption, one of our followers wanted us to talk about that. And I haven't seen it. So I'll pass the mic over to you, Louise. (laughs) So I'm going to start right from the beginning. (laughs) I'm like, Stephen King was born in blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Different Seasons was a collection of four books, or four stories. Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption was the first one. It takes place in Shawshank Prison. And it's about how Andy Dufresne, played by our boy, Tim Robbins, he, now I'm going into the film as well because the film's actually very on like faithful. Is it similar? To the book. Okay. Really similar. They did a very good job, and I read the book after, but still, it's incredible. And he, there, there's a cinema night like in the prison, and they're watching Gilda, and then so this is actually more in the film because obviously it's like visuals and stuff. But sees Gilda, and then he he says to Red, who's Morgan Freeman, "Oh, can you get me a picture of her for the wall?" Because Red, like, he's like a dealer, like, he gets things from the outside. And so that's probably where, that's the title, basically. And it's kind of a bit of a red heron, because that's it. They dropped the Rita Hayworth from the film, because obviously she's not in it. Like, they thought, like, why have this name if she's not in it? And obviously wouldn't be in it. And then now, in the film, the poster changes, because obviously, big spoiler alert, but I feel like everyone knows this. He's digging a hole behind the poster so in the book I think it stays the Rita one but I could be wrong I guess it's kind of fun it's funny but like it's very odd and yeah the only thing they talk about or at least I remember the film more because I love the film they only talk about Gilda they barely it's nothing really they just it, and literally the only clip is when she does her like introduction so it's very odd but it leads into like how integral it Gilda was in pop culture so it was revolutionary what she did in Gilda but sadly I think a lot of people only remember it for how she looked in it which yeah. is like a common theme and like yeah, the that's really it. low cut dress probably in that introduction bit when he says Gilda are you ready you only see her shoulders it's very sexual they're just using it for her body basically like they're just exploiting her yeah but yeah, so I just wish Gilda wasn't such a big thing in pop culture. Like, yeah. It's very weird. Yeah. And I think that's interesting. Is it like her pinup photo that they use at the poster? I think so. Okay. Probably. Yeah, it's Dobby. <laughs> the whole concept of a pinup is really weird if you think about it. I know she was proud oh, of it yeah. and I think that's great. And of course, she did lots of like more productive things, I guess, with the war. But yeah, you're just like sending a photo of yourself for the soldiers, you know. <laughs> like, it's just feeding into the leering kind of observant behavior that I think a lot of people did with Rita. And then even more with when Gilda came out. Very male gazy. In the film Shawshank, like they're watching it in a cinema, like in a cinema, it, they're in the prison. <laughs> It's all men, and they're all. I'm pretty sure they're all wolf whistling and stuff when she does her thing. So yeah, yeah. It's a bit like, and that might be what happened in those days, but because the film's set in like the forties, but oh, okay, and the book, but but yeah, it's just a bit like oh god, it's so yeah. like ogling, gross. Yeah, it's okay to think someone is attractive, but I just think, especially in that case where you're just seeing these people watch this brief portion of a film that maybe you're not very familiar with feeds into 
that viewpoint, I think, like, subconsciously to just, yeah. like, leer at women. Yeah, yeah. You're with the men in the film going, oh, yeah, like, she's hot, you know? Yeah. Like, it's very... And especially if that's going to be the only time, you, only thing you see of her. It's a bit weird, isn't it? And that's probably a lot of people's only exposure to who Rita Hayworth is as yeah. well. Yeah. It shouldn't be. Maybe we um, could talk about it more in terms of her career as a whole, like the typecasting. Yeah, yeah. Rita definitely started off as the icy kind of other woman type role because you've got Strawberry Blonde, Blood and Sand. She moved on to being the lead in a lot of musicals where she was probably more like the girl next door, I would say. Did you watch You Were Never Lovelier? Yes, I did. Okay. Like she's not really war. even in that movie that much. No. That's the one where her dad's like writing her the love letters oh, to pretend yes. to be a secret admirer. Yeah. Also, you'll never films. get rich. Like she's hardly in that movie. It's more yes. about Fred Astaire in the army, oh. which is oh, who cares? I was I was actually shocked. Like I felt like I wanted my money back and it was free. I could not <laughs> believe what I watched. <laughs> There's no Rita in it. But it's actually kind of mad that, yeah, she did start off being, like, the other woman. For me, the issue is, like, her not really being in those films means that her only purpose is to really just be pretty and be the love interest. Yeah. Especially with those films where, and they're both with Fred Astaire and how his character is using her or being a creep towards her. And she's not really allowed to have a voice or be a character herself. Um, she's kind of passive in both of those movies and so she just puts up with the stuff because the movie's almost over and they got to get together and you'll never get rich he tricks her into marrying him yes I actually wrote that down wait a minute let me double check it's the right one (laughs) yeah I put here oh wait it's weird that they married about Sheila's consent they trick her they really do yeah it's insane the gender politics in probably 90% of her films is awful, like even for old Hollywood. And it's so frustrating to watch these films back to back and just see her characters keep like having to put up with these creepy, usually double her age men who are supposed to be charming, but they're actually terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Even in both of those films, Fred Astaire is only trying to get with her at first to further his career. And it's so he's allowed to have a career and do what he wants to do. But if that was Rita, it would never be like that. Yeah. Like in Cover Girl, when she gets like ostracized for doing what she wants to do. It's like insane, the double standard. That's how different it is. That's such a common theme in her film. It's like she has to put aside her dreams so yeah. then her love interest can feel better about himself yeah yeah it's horrid it's not nice at all so it was you were never lovelier that's Uh when she's the sister and she's incredible at the beginning and she's like i don't want to get married i'm happy on my own they throw her the bouquet like oh yeah she's like no don't want it like but then surprise surprise it changes because of the man and it's oh so annoying and especially for Fred Astaire. And what? he's so weird in that movie. Yeah, I, oh, I did not like it. She's just not safe. Her characters are never safe from the views and leers of men. Yeah. 
this annoys me. This is maybe why I don't like the 40s films. Like, yeah. Her characters usually seem to start with a lot of personality and a lot of individuality. Yes, yes. And then they veer into just existing for plot purposes. The writers like gave up. Pretty much. When I look at my notes, it's a very clear pattern where I write so much at the beginning and then it just like stops mm-hmm. because there's just nothing else to say. Apart from like the ending where if it's really awful. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> You were never lovely. It was such wasted potential. It would have been amazing to have had this feminist icon that doesn't want to get married. And Okay, maybe she does get her head turned, but not in that awful way that it happens. Yeah, that's really disturbing. Her father was writing her love notes. That's messed up. <laughs> and then he makes this deal with Fred Astaire to pretend to like her is that right yeah. in exchange to perform at the father's yes. club yes because the dad wants her married and out basically mm-hmm. which is oh my god don't even get into that yeah but yeah so that's what he wants the dad on his end and yeah then fred wants it for his job there there's a very cool bit though like i do enjoy the dancing yeah and there's a bit where fred's in his office he throws an umbrella into the umbrella stand and it lands and it's be like that yeah just be fun (laughs) sometimes i watch fred astaire in other films i'm just like maybe he should just stick to being with ginger i'm sorry this is not a knock on rita these are just the films but people thought those films were better than the stuff he did with ginger but i'm like at least those had plots neither of these films had anything to really keep me interested except for the dance numbers exactly yeah we don't want that like they're yeah. brilliant to that da- they're brilliant to watch dance together but yeah if the story's not going to hold up it's not worth it yeah thing. then what's the point <laughs> you don't need a movie then no and, <laughs> and especially in you were never lovelier but it's so beautiful in it and she's mm-hmm. so lovely and it's just annoying to see it ruined by this man every single one of her films has to do with a man and yeah it's so tiring especially because other than maybe like three films I can think of off the top of my head. The love interests are not interesting. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> They're just... They're all horrid. Yeah. They're either committing crimes or they're just boring. <laughs> and sometimes both. Yeah. <laughs> but it was nice, I think, for me to see with like fire down below which i was talking about earlier how that's actually exploring relationships more than just being like oh i met this guy we have some conflict and then we're going to end up together by the end of the movie and so she could have gotten to to do more of that it would have been nice i'm still stuck on i just can't believe in you and ever get rich that they literally get married without her consent. <laughs> yeah, that's disgusting. That could be the lowest. That yeah. could be the worst, I think. I think that was the worst thing that any of her the love interest did in any of her films. I've yes. Seen. Yeah. That is actually illegal. I'm pretty well, sure. I need <laughs> hope. <laughs> yeah. And she's not, like, too mad about it. She is. She storms off but, the yeah. stage, and then by the next scene, I'm pretty sure she's fine with it. It's right at the end as well. Like, um, yeah, it's, it doesn't even affect anything. Like, no, 
And the same thing with You Are Never Lovelier. She gets mad, not really at her father for writing the letters, which is weird. But then by the next scene, everything is all forgiven. So. It's like the lack of any sort of development yes. that makes a lot of these films, for me, not very interesting or like they haven't aged very well. Yes. Yes. I think it all just has to come down to the, the fact that Old Hollywood was just churning out these films. They didn't really have time to come up with deep plot developments or any of that stuff. No. It's so not they, this new. It's totally not her fault. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They knew they had to get in with the guy at the end of the film, so it was just she could lose all her morals to do that, like not the man. I'm really shocked at how many musicals they really did churn out in those days. Yeah. It was a musical. It's crazy. I always thought the most famous ones were like the musicals, but no, like there's just a there's a musical for anything. Like, yeah. I was not expecting all Rita's films to be a musical. Yeah. And I love it because she loves to dance. Uh She is a dancer. But yeah, I was really shocked by that. Thank you so much for listening to the Gone But Not Forgotten podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and make sure to join me and Louise next week to finish up our discussion about the films and life of Rita Hayworth. We talk about our favorite co-stars of hers, roles we would have liked to have seen her play, our fan casting segment, and so much more. Make sure to check out the episode. It's a great one. Tune in next Thursday, and we'll see you then. This episode was co-hosted and edited by me, Audrey Cornell, co-hosted by Louise Coleman. The music was written by Nia D'Amelio. Gone But Not Forgotten is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and podcasts, visit thetridentnetwork.com.